0: That ten thousand just brought me an additional seven thousand in equity. That's a seventy percent return on my investment. Wow!
1: Uh, so, welcome to another episode of the Context to Contracts podcast. I am Brian Lovell. This right here is Mister John Jones. This right here. And uh, hey, listen, we're going we're gonna to wing something here. We're going to dig in a little bit to what is currently going on in the mortgage interest rate world, and from our perspective, how we think loan originators should be reacting to it, what are some things that they could be doing um, with it. So to kind of bring you where we're at, we are recording this today is we are recording Friday, this today. Is Friday, February 26th.
0: Man, the month's already over. Crazy, right, dude?
1: Crazy, but I mean, and
0: everybody wants it over. We want to move into March.
1: Crazy volume, though. March is going to look even more ridiculous. Um, I think where originators are probably a little bit fearful right now is we've had a really good run for quite a long time, and I will tell you that from our perspective, especially here in the first quarter so far of 2021, we're seeing much higher volume than we normally would see, and to sort of quantify that. You know, normally we see a pretty decent decline from like November, December to January, February, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't really see that this year in January or February. Thankfully, we feel we're definitely blessed, and March looks even bigger. And we're about to go into the uh, buying spring season. buying season. Right, spring buying season, it, yeah. But the last two weeks has really been a bloodbath um, for interest rates, and I think. Mm-hmm. You know, as loan originators, we've gotten pretty used mm-hmm. to selling rates in the low twos on a thirty-year fixed. I'm sorry, low twos in the in the twos um, for a thirty-year fixed, not necessarily low twos. And
0: God, I wish I had that rate when I was selling loans. But, I mean, are you kidding me? But it's like free money. It's it's still free money. I mean, the point is, we're going to circle back to that. I mean, everybody got excited um, the last week and a half where rates have jumped up to, but um, whether or not they're going to stay at this level, yeah. they're still at historical low levels.
1: Yeah, oh, and when man. you say excited, by the way, you don't mean like excited like, yes! Yeah, excited They're like, 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 I can't sell
0: it. Yeah, like, I, can't I mean, sell we're it. literally, this same time last year, they'd have begged for that
1: rate. They would have. In this same time last year, I, I brought real quick, in February and March of last year, we were selling three and five-eighths, three and three-quarters, and we're lower than that today. Yeah. Um, and by the way, we are doing a ton of volume on the refinance side as well um, at those interest rates. So what John and I figure we do is we just talk a little bit about you know, what do you do now, right? If you're a loaner or out there and you're because and, and we don't know when this is going to end, like we may not have seen the ceiling yet on interest rates continuing to rise. Um, I do think we'll see them come back down at some point, Get a um, shot. Yep. you know, but we don't know when that is. Nobody has a crystal ball. I mean, listen, I love Barry Habib to death. I think he's done amazing things for our industry. He even said, hey, guys, I called it wrong this week. Right. Um, I mean, admittedly so. I'm not throwing him under the bus. He, he said it himself. So, um, none of us have a crystal ball. Right. So, how do we react? I think, John, the first thing I, I think we should talk about is where's our mindset? Right. Where's our mindset in, in regards to how we should react? And I think to your point, everybody is getting a little bit excited, or a lot of us are getting really, really excited. Where should our mindset truly be?
0: I mean, absolutely. Uh, that rates are still great. Um, great opportunity, whether you're buying or looking to refinance and look, if you, if you were one of those folks out there that maybe over the past year, you just, for whatever reason, haven't gotten around to doing it, it still might be a great, great opportunity. Cause if you remember, it was about April last year where we circled into starting to really starting to knock out some refis mm-hmm. for some folks. Yep. And there's still like, we know there's a lot of people out there that for whatever reason, just didn't get around to pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. And now it maybe it, it's more important that you pay attention to where rates are heading mm-hmm. and, um, and make a decision whether it still makes sense. In yeah. many cases, it still might. Um, but get on alert. And if we do see that dip, like we alluded yeah. to, that this time around, you pull the trigger and take advantage.
1: Well, I think from a consumer perspective, you got to pull the trigger right now. And the reason I say that is we don't know that they could take a dip down. I mean, listen, sure. nobody saw COVID coming right? And look at the effect that it's had on the economy as well as interest rates. Listen, I assure you of this, there will be another COVID. It will just be called something different and we don't know what it is or what it's going to be or when it's going to be. So, you know, I would say right now, if you're a consumer and you like that price.
0: If it's saving you money and it
1: makes sense to lock it in and get it done. You need to lock it in. I think, you know, from the mindset of a loan originator, um, you know, you got, you got to look again at, what we were selling earlier in the year, even all the way into the summer. Mm -hmm. I think in the summer months, we were still selling three and three-eighths, three and a quarter. It's probably about where we're at right now, probably maybe just a tad bit lower. Um, You were doing a ton of business then, right? And I think that you got a a number of people right now who probably still need cash-out refinance opportunities. Never going to stop. That's never, ever going to go away, um, especially in the economic climate that we're in right now. Um, and then there's obviously you know, still rate and term opportunities available. I think that you gotta pick up your bootstraps, right? And you gotta get out of your head a little bit on what's going on and there's panic. Listen, and I, I know I, it's hard, <laughs> right? I know it's hard because you're having conversations with borrowers right now that you started a week ago that now they're like, whoa, are you, are right. you some kind of crook? Right, it's bait and switch. You know, did switch. you just bait what, hat, and switch yet, me? Right. Listen, I know, I know that I know that I know that they're difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. Right. But we also have tools and resources available to us to make sure that you're educating your clients as to why this is going on and what their next step should be, you know, and and that's only a short period of time. Right. Meaning that the clients that you're talking to today who are like, hey, time out, you bait and switched me, you know, they're they're going to close. You're going to lock them. They're going to close. And but the clients that you're talking about today, the new ones they don't remember the conversation. You never had the conversation with them about their rates being a little bit lower.
0: Right. Consumers right. only care about interest rates when they're either looking to buy a home or mm-hmm. they're thinking about refinancing yep. a home. Yep. Other than that, they don't know if they're six percent, yeah. five, or two.
1: Yep. So right now, the difficult conversations you're having aren't going to last very long. Right. You know, they're only going to last and for it, another couple of days or a week. or And whatever. you
0: alluded to it; it's a mindset. You know, as, as for us in the industry, we know that maybe a look back eight, seven, or eight days ago, the rates were a little bit lower, mm-hmm. right? And it's okay. You know, rates are phenomenal, right? And mm-hmm. now a consumer comes to us today. We've seen what rates have done in the last six to eight days. Well, we're a little bit down, but re- but reality is it's still a great rate.
1: Yeah, still still a I great mean, rate. We
0: go out and sell that and, 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 and the consumer gets a loan and, and closes on a home.
1: Yeah, still a great rate. So, I mean, going back to that mindset piece... You know, w- let's kind of talk a little bit about what loan originators should be doing with where the market is at right now. And obviously, we've already kind of talked about you've got to educate your consumer about what's going on right now. Hey, by the way, too, if you've got buyers or folks refinancing that are on the fence right now, like a, a simple a nudge, <laughs> yeah, like just showing them simply the mortgage-backed security charts, yeah, motivate them pretty quickly, you know, to get that lock in. Um, but I think that there's two things that have to happen in our business. We have the purchase side of the business and we have the refinance side of the business. The mistake you don't want to make as an originator right now in this market is being like rates have gone up. I can't do any more <laughs> refis, So I'm just not even going to work that part of it. Um, that would be a foolish mistake. Right. And Absolutely. I, and, and I think that's for a few reasons. The first reason is people, to John's point, are still going to refi in this market at where rates are at right now. The second one is even if they're not ready to pull the trigger, if you've already started the process, if there's a point that they would be willing to pull the trigger, you're going to be able to do it quickly. Right. Right? So let's say you get one really good rate sheet. That's the day. You want to have I mean, all those have people lined them, up. You, you have to have, have, them to have them lined and
0: loaded up. this time around. So You know, again, back to rates going down, 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 right? There's no sense of urgency, right? Mm -hmm. This is free money. It's only getting better. You know, I'll talk to you again, Brian, next week. Thanks for telling me what I'm going to save. I'm looking to save a little bit more. We hear that every week, right? Mm -hmm. I've got 18 people that are hoping to save just a little bit more. Well, if you're one of those 18 people, now you need to, you know, put yourself on notice, put your loan office on notice, and uh, next time those rates take that little bit of dip, Lock it in. I mean yep. let's not get let's let's not get greedy and try to wait for the lowest of the low. Yeah. Right? Yep. I mean we want to all buy stock and invest in stuff, right? Nobody buys at the bottom. Yeah, no, no, know, no, no. Get no. a decent deal. No, 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 no. no. Close on no.
1: it. No, and I think that goes a little bit to, you know, a lot of people are asking the question, why is the market performing like the market is performing? Like, I mean, today I'm looking at the bond market take a dive. Hit? I'm looking at my stock portfolio going, Where's all the money going? Yeah. Right, I mean, the money being where are the investors putting their money in. It looks like the only thing I can think of is commodities that's left, right? But normally we see, you know, if money's going into the stock market, it means it's leaving bonds and vice versa. Right. And right now, neither one of them is performing particularly great, you know, kind of at the same time. But, you know, I think part of what you're seeing right now with the interest rates going up is there's a feeling that the economy is improving. Okay. Correct. Yeah. So, and, and part of that is because the economy that we are coming out of is COVID driven,
0: right? Yeah.
1: And, and so now people are starting to get vaccinated. The number of people testing positive is um, decreasing. Yep. Um, I think part of it too, is we've been doing this for a year and some people are just like COVID. What's COVID. They don't, they don't care about it anymore. COVID's right. It's over. Let's COVID's over. Um, and, and so, the perception or the feeling that the economy is improving um is what's causing this right now so you know good economy typically is bad for mortgage right. interest rates i shouldn't say bad but it causes an increasing rate market and when the economy's not so great that's typically when we see um interest rates come down but you know john what's what's ahead of us in terms of the economy
0: well i mean i you 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 know, I think that if you if we look back just before COVID, a lot of uh, experts were predicting a uh, uh, heading into a recession. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, COVID drove us into somewhat of a sideways spin here a little bit, and now um, things have kind of shifted. And it looks like you know, twenty twenty one is going to be another great year, and 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 home prices appreciating, inflation's coming on board. Uh, but, again, I've, I've read and seen a few things post that 2022 now is the year that people are targeting to uh, see a little bit of a pullback. Okay. You know, and I okay. think a lot of that pe- depends on how everything's going to shake out, you know, um, both commercial side, residential side with forbearance. And, um, you know, we really don't know. We've never gone through this, uh, you know, uh, you know, as a country or as a world, yeah. um, how this all plays out, you know, financially, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah. And I think that debt is going to play a huge role too. Right. And so, um, you know, this isn't about politics, but obviously there's been a number of stimulus packages and there's one that's being worked up right now, you know, that debt is going to compound. And, uh, normally what happens is high debt equals lower mortgage interest rates too. So that could be what fuels either the stop to this increase or the reversal of it you know, interest rates back down. But, you know, you talked about appreciation. I was in a real estate office yesterday and I got a really great opportunity to to uh, speak to or to teach um, a number of real estate agents. And one of the questions I asked is like, okay, so how many of you are working with buyers? Everybody's working with buyers. And, and obviously we know that because pre-approvals are through the roof on on buyers, right? And um, I said, hey, who here in the last three weeks has made an offer over (laughs) on a property that was either at ask or less crickets. (laughs) Okay. Let me re let me ask the question a different way. How many of you have made an offer over ask? (laughs) Sure. Right. A hundred percent of the people in the room are not even putting in offers on properties (laughs) at ask. They're all over ask.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to know. I've lived through this before in this real estate mortgage market. Um, many of us have. We've gone through the 0456 mm-hmm. into 2007. Um, and a lot of it is uh, it, it's different, um, but a lot of it's similar. I mean, look, I read, a, I read an article yesterday where this past year in real estate here in the Tampa Bay market, this was our best year since the year 2000 and five, wow! So, um, if that's any that indication, was the you know, of
1: the well, <laughs> two
0: thousand and five was rock, and two thousand and six, <laughs> ironically, went even higher. And the prediction here is, in twenty twenty one, we're going to shoot up in value. I mean, I'm sure you're seeing here, like we're looking at five, yeah. six, eight percent. I mean, I think we're going to see
1: six, eight percent, yeah, I- I- appreciation. I mean, but I think that there are some safeguards in place today that weren't in place back then that oh, are going yeah, to prevent 100%. total implosion. Yeah, I mean, lending is definitely tighter. I mean, shoot, just appraiser independence is a huge factor here. Can you yeah. imagine what kind of appreciation we'd be seeing right now if there was Million wasn't a, dollars on everything. If, if there wasn't appraiser independence, it would be crazy, crazy. right? Yeah. Because we would be twisting the arms of these appraisers. Hey, listen, my borrower is going to offer $25,000 over ask and I need it to come in. No, we wouldn't. Could you- it, <laughs> Come on. Others did that, Brian. You never did. No. Listen, I, I grew up in the world of appraiser yeah, independence. So.
0: so back to your point on that. Yeah, there's there's Frank Dodd and, and a whole new set of rules in place. And getting a loan and qualifying for a mortgage today is entirely different. Um, you know yes. We do we do our due diligence. All lenders are required to do due diligence. They are to protect uh, not only the, mm-hmm. themselves, the consumer who is buying, mm-hmm. and the consumer as whole. Um, that we don't want to see what happened in the industry back 10, 12 years ago to re- reappear mm-hmm. in it. And you're absolutely right. People that are in homes now qualify. Um, therefore, I don't see anything on the downturn yeah. to that happening. So yeah. I feel good about that.
1: Yeah, uh, me too. So let's go back to talking about LOs and what they should be doing you know, in the market. So we, we just said, hey, listen, you need you need to get it lined up. Do not quit working the refinances. Most of them are going to lock. The ones that don't, you need to have ready for when you get that good rate sheet. But we can't stop talking about buyers either, right? I've always lived by the rule that real estate agents, excuse me, real estate agents are always going to sell homes, whether rates are 4% or 14%. Maybe I should change that to whether rates are 2% or 12%. You know, real estate agents are always going to sell homes. And I think that, you know, one of the things that I took away from this class I did yesterday was, the agents are looking for us to add value to them, and we've gotten one so busy. Like we haven't done it on purpose, but we've gotten so yes. busy that you know we're not paying the right attention in the right places. And then there's also the part of it where we were like, "Hey, the easy money is in refinances. I'll come back in to this, you know, realtor partner later." And I think you know, again, we didn't do it on purpose, but that's. In a lot of cases with originators in this country, that is likely what happened. And so I think it's more important than ever that you've got to have a plan for how are you going to get in front of these agents. And you've got to come from the place where you're adding some sort of value, right? Like, hey, I've got great rates, I've got great products, and I got, uh, you know, fast closings. Everybody does. That didn't, that didn't make you special. So what are you doing to get in front of agents and have a separate con- or a different conversation? I should, I should say, uh, than everybody else. I, I was on a webinar yesterday too. It was like a great day for education for me. Um, but, uh, we were talking as a mastermind of loan originators and we were talking about what are some things that you could be doing. Um, and one of those was, um, you know, there, there's a great deal. And I know you said today, too, that the forbearance has been extended. But in the next couple of months, there's going to be a lot of homeowners who are currently in forbearance. They're going to be rolling out of that forbearance. Yep. Right. And although they're, it's not going to lead probably to short sales or foreclosures, they are going to have a lot of questions about what do I do now after I've been in forbearance for a year? And I do think it's going to create an inventory opportunity for us because some of those folks will choose to, hey, you know what? My financial situation has changed since I bought this home. So let me go ahead and sell this. And because they have equity, mm-hmm. they're going to be able to go buy another home, right? Yep, because yep. as it stands today, if they are in forbearance, but they sell the home and pay it off to get, pay it off the missed payments that were in forbearance, they can buy another one the next day. Same day, right? Yes. Same, yeah, or right. our same day, yeah. right? Whereas yeah. on a refinance, they have to have gotten out of forbearance and made three on-time payments to do a refinance.
0: Yeah, so yeah, back to that. So on the refinance, yep, absolutely. If they're not able to, the only way to refinance immediately getting out of forbearance is to, is to bring it current. So mm-hmm. they would have to take money from a savings account, bring that loan current. They were eligible right away to refinance. Most people don't, have that ability uh, if they did they probably would have been paying a mortgage but many mm. have to wait the three months yeah. of on-time payments and the important thing as we've run across too is make sure you're working with your existing lender to get the agreement to end the forbearance so it's not it, it, it's not enough just to say I'm going to go ahead and start making payments on March 1 and then April 1 and then May one and then I'm eligible to go ahead and refinance with you Brian mm-hmm. um, if I don't have a written agreement with my current lender That's, that doesn't matter because technically you're still in forbearance with the existing lender, even though you're making payments, you're Mm -hmm. in the forbearance until you have the agreement to exit it and how that all spells out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So do you, John, do you have any other ideas? Like what, what could a loan originator be doing right now to continue to, because here's the thing. Well, I mean, this is the fear, right? We all have been very, very successful in the last 12 to 18 months and the fear is it's over it's going to go over like gonna, that you know, and then we're all going to run to the street and try
0: to correct. make make uh nicey with realtors yeah. and builders and, and it so doesn't forth. have to be that way right and, and hopefully if you're a loan officer um you know that that's part of your plan and you have a plan that every year you do business planning i would hope um and part of your plan is to is how you call on your realtors, right? your top ten, your top 20 referral partners and that you're reaching out intentionally every week, you know staying in communication, communication, offering you know all sorts of different value and being available. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't, like you said, many of us got lured into some of the re- low rates in the refi opportunity. You need to make sure in, in your plan, right, we, you, you're famous for saying, right, we're working in our business or on our business. You need to always be working on your business and find and carve out that hour or two a week, mm-hmm. right, to reach out to your referral partners, right? They're always going to be there for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done this 20-plus years, right, and it's all built around real estate referrals. I mean, yeah. that is that is their primary driver of business and, and the refinance we call it the gravy part mm-hmm. so make sure that's part of your weekly plan yeah. and you're following that i mean
1: yeah I, I think you have to be looking at it in terms of what value am i going to bring to those yeah. agents and so you
0: mentioned a great tool that we have uh through mbs highway yeah. and, and, and through the uh the bid over ask you were yeah. talking about presenting that to that group yesterday of agents and i thought that was phenomenal i mean tell us a little bit about yeah that.
1: so uh, you know I, well the, the class led into, was all about, hey, this is what's currently going on. This is where yep. we're going, blah, blah, blah. It's all data-driven. But at the end, I wanted to share, hey, so here's some, I, I understand what your challenges are. Sure. Right? So as a real estate agent right now, my challenges are inventory is really low. I'm working with tons of buyers. I'm showing more homes than I want to. We're getting outbid, right? And so I think in that scenario alone, two things happen. One, they all said we're all asking over we're all um making offering, offers over over ask. ask. Yeah. And two, buyers are starting to get fatigued. Like I'm tired of looking at homes every weekend. I'm tired of being in a multiple offer situation. I'm tired of not getting my and so they're like, you know what?
0: Let's just do it. Pull let, the trigger.
1: Let me just let me just pull out of this. I'll I'll wait for this to calm down a little bit and I'll go do it later. So, I shared two tools with them available through MBS Highway. Um the first one was the bit over ask. And by the way, it takes like 30 seconds, by the way.
0: 30, 40, if you're not tech savvy, it's 45, it's 45 seconds. seconds. It's an amazing. Tool.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, you literally, you know, you put in, this is what the, um, this is the ha- list price. This right? is the list yeah. price. This is what we're going to go over. Ask. It uses basic appreciation to determine how long will it take for me to yeah. make my money back? So let's just use even numbers, $100,000 sales price. We're going to ask. over. So we're going to make a $110,000 offer. When will I get that additional $10,000 back Mm -hmm. through equity? It breaks it down by how many months, right? So if you're an agent that's working with a buyer, that's trying to convince them that this is the right thing to do, and by the way, it's specific to demographics, so you can yeah, break it MSAs, down right. by like zip code, correct? Right, because we all know different areas of the country and even different areas of Pinellas County, Hillsborough County, yes. Florida, whatever.
0: It's, it's based on assumed appreciation for it's, that local market,
1: and based on historical data yeah. as well, right? The second one was the cost of waiting analysis, right? And so, the cost of waiting analysis, what it does is it shows the borrower the the financial loss of waiting to buy a home. So let's say there's a couple of factors. One, interest rates could go up, right? The other factor is the home is going to appreciate in the time that you waited to buy. So what it does is it shows you, this is what my mortgage payment would be today based on what my investment is going to be. Because remember, if the home appreciates, now your down payment also increased. So it breaks it down for you at six months, a year, two years, three years, whatever it is, the intervals, you can change them. But it shows, hey, this is how much my mortgage payment would go up based on that. This is how much more cash to close I would have to put down because of the home's appreciation. Excuse me. And then the last one is how much did you lose in appreciation? So like if the home were to appreciate in two years' time it had appreciated an additional twenty five thousand dollars, you lost that, right? And you know, John, you're an investor. Yes, I you am. own a number of properties. And one of the greatest ways to create wealth in our country other people's is- money. It's through home ownership, right? And so, it, the longer you wait to be a homeowner, the less you're delaying, right? That appreciation that I mean, leads it, to
0: wealth. It's crazy. So, you know, somebody told me this way back, you know, years ago, other people's money. You know, so it's a philosophy of mine when I started buying 25 years ago give you some quick numbers, which you know this is probably gonna apply, maybe not the price that I'll use for the round numbers, okay. but appreciation, let's just throw this out there. So I'm looking to buy a piece of property for 100,000. Now remember, earlier we said and speculate property values go up maybe six or 7%. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's say they jump a 7% value this year in 2021. That property's gone from a hundred to a hundred and seven thousand. Let's say Brian asked me to put ten thousand of my money down. He took ten thousand from me to buy this one hundred thousand dollar property. That ten thousand just brought me an additional seven thousand in equity. That's a seventy percent return on my investment. Wow. So people need to start thinking about real estate as a long term investment, a buy hold strategy. And the other people money part of it is you're financing the rest of it at super low rates, historic low mm-hmm. rates. Um, and you've leveraged that ten thousand is now worth seventy yeah. percent more in a year, and that's going to escalate from that. And so. boom,
1: John just gave you another way to add value to your consu- to the consumers the borrowers you're working with, as well as your real estate agents. You yeah. know, and, and and here's the thing I would say, you know, w- what we wanted to communicate to LOs is like this isn't the end of the world, right? Get over your mindset of where rates are at, and two, get out there and do something, right? Right? And and it's been I'm not gonna say it. I don't wanna say it's been easy, because it has been hard, right? Being this Very busy and yeah. having the volume, it's been hard. But the deals have been coming in at such a hot pace, a lot of us haven't had to worry about where's our next deal coming from, right? And, and that's what everybody's fearful of. And here's my thing is, if you're not constantly working on your business to your point, at some point, it kind of dwindles away, you know, yeah. and, I, and I, I give the example of, I haven't originated in a number of years, But when I did, I was never like a top producer. I was never slinging it. But what I realized is when I got out of production and took a leadership role, eventually I quit getting referrals. Like at first, I was still getting referrals, Mm -hmm. and I was still doing some loans, even though that wasn't really my job. Um, and And it continued for a little while. But eventually, because I wasn't communicating, I wasn't adding value, I wasn't trying to meet new people, eventually... All of those agents and referral partners that I had that had sent me business for years, they probably started talking to the guy who was visible, the guy who was trying to add value, the person who was trying to get in front of them. So don't be naive in thinking that although you just had a banner year, if you weren't doing those things, that all of those people are going to be back in your bandwagon, right? And one of the things I would encourage you to do right now is, you know, you need to go look through your closed loans for the past 12 or 18 months. And hopefully you've kept good data and you know who the buyer's agents was or who the referral agents were on the deals. If there's names in there that you're missing, you're going to know it, right? You know who your top referring agents were. If you look past 12 or 18 months of history and you don't see their name, see their name anymore, they are cheating on you
0: and it's your fault. I was going to segue into that. You know, you and I over the last few months have been talking on a few different podcasts and just chatting with LOs on our weekly calls. Um, you know, because we're so busy, we're not working on our business, we're missing opportunity, mm-hmm. right? And we're losing agent referral partners yes. to newer. I, I, and when I say newer, you and I are involved with a lot of the LO chat groups, right? Mm-hmm. Facebook yep. chat groups. Uh, we have some newer LOs here uh, with us with our, at yep. Van Dyke yep. um, that are doing extremely well. And guess what? They have zero refi opportunity no some brand new lo's whether or not they're with us or any lender out yeah. there that we see they have no past client out of see, you see post hey just cracked two million this month just cracked three million this month 18 yeah. months in the business right yeah. they're out there right now hungry and they're going after the realtor referral partners mm-hmm. that seasoned veterans like you know most of us that have been doing it 10 plus years We're just we're busy and we're taking uh, for granted that somebody like somebody's going to reach out to us and somebody else is trying to get the business.
1: I mean, listen, we're we're all smart. It's a contact sport. (laughs) Yeah, it is a contact sport, you know, and I'll tell you, in, in the world that we're in now, whether you're comfortable getting belly to belly with somebody or not, the number one way you can get visible is social media. And it's freaking free. Yeah, it's free. I mean, Scott tipped it off last week on the call
0: with us, right? Scott Einbinder, yeah. Yeah, I mean, great job, Scott. Uh, Boots on the ground, right? Right now, he made a great statement that, hey, he's not social distancing this past year. He's being more social, just in a different way. He's Mm -hmm. in front of more people this past year than he's ever been. Than he's ever been, right? And as an LO, right, that we can't get like you did yesterday, belly to belly, which what is what we're used to. You've got to find that way to get on a Zoom call, a Google call, something live where you're interacting face to face.
1: Yeah, I mean, here's the crazy thing. This is, and I'm not, I'm not gonna, I don't want this to come across braggadocious or like I'm bringing attention to myself. But in the break between the podcast we just recorded and this one, I walked down to my office real quick. One of our loan originators stopped me in the hall and said, you have been the talk of the town up at the local real estate board. They went to an event today at the real estate board. And I guess because of the name, you know, right, our company name. sure, um, Agents were coming up from the class I taught yesterday raving about the presentation I did. Now, here's what I don't take that about me. What I want you to take away from what I just said, they're starving for you to add value to missing them. you yes <laughs> absolutely that's what i want you to take away they are starving for you to add value to them. you you want to go after this segment of business you need to help real estate agents solve their problems you're all smart salespeople. you know what the challenges that they have in this market are right now get creative with ways to help them solve it yep right and and, and the rest of it will take care of itself
0: yeah, and if you're a realtor out there now, it's more important than ever. Um, I know things are selling fast, but you know because of the low inventory, you, you're you're on you know unfortunately you're working a much longer time period with mm-hmm. a buyer trying to get under contract. Um, the more partners that you can have in that transaction, the more likely you are to close that customer, correct um you know so when we when we partner with you um on a deal, you know we're going to be communicating with the buyer you're communicating, showing property to the buyer, but we've got to partner as as a team now because what used to take three and four weeks has taken six, seven weeks, maybe longer, and that buyer can get tired, fatigued, like you mentioned earlier, and drift away from you and us and go somewhere else down the road and we lose them so the the partnership now is is uh, you know, you need that more than ever.
1: Yeah, yeah. Anything else you want to add, man?
0: No, man. I think I think uh, if rates come down a bit, you know, everybody will breathe a sigh of fresh air. But regardless, I'll leave it with this. Um, when we started last year, we were closing people on purchases the first three months of the year, the first quarter. Um, rates were phenomenal. People were buying homes. Since that first quarter, we probably refinanced, 50% of those people from quarter one. Probably so, yeah. Right. So that same thing, what we're saying now, we don't know. We don't have the crystal ball where rates will go. If you're looking to buy, rates are great. Close on the loan. If rates dip down, give us a call. We'll help you get a lower rate. We're, we're here to serve.
1: Yeah. I mean, we saw a lot of people during that time move from a 30-year fixed into a 20-year yeah. fixed have somewhat of the same, payment the same payment and knocked 10 years of interest off of their mortgage, right? Yep. So, hey, listen, John and I, we do this podcast. It's not about us. It's about you, right? So uh, as a viewer, we just want to say thank you, you know, for tuning in and watching us weekly. We, our intent is to add massive value to the, to you, whether you're a real estate agent, a loan officer, or a lot of what we talk about, If you're in sales, sure, right? And uh, we want you to know we are available to help you in any way that we can. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you see, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share on your social media. And as always, if there's anything that we can do, we're always here to serve.
0: Thanks.